Walt Disney Parks put on a spectacle with a live stream of the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance dedication ceremony happening at Disney Hollywood Studios. It happened on December the 4th, and you guys were interested, but not quite interested enough. This is the cutoff number 11 story for this week, so that's basically where we begin. So in just a moment, we'll get to the stories that you really love, that stories 10 through 1, and of course, stories that you really didn't care so much for, all the way to the bottom at number 201 this week. Those stories coming up next here on the weekly wrap-up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne, from thisisaconversation.com, and this is the show for the week ending December the 7th, 2019. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Cleveland Payne, and as nasally congested and, to be honest, a little late in getting this thing done, we're going to make this thing happen. This is the weekly wrap-up show brought to you by Jay Cleveland Payne. That's me. And done by thisistheconversation.com. And what happens for this show, it's a wrap-up of news stories throughout the week that we presented on our social media site as a part of the Conversation Project to get more conversational about the news, to get more talky-talk about what's going on, and to get off of what's just stuck on the Chirons. And what's, to be honest, a lot of teasing of Donald Trump this week. And there was a lot of teasing of Donald Trump this week, including some late stuff that happened that we'll hopefully talk about next week because it's actually really funny. But that's not the point of this week right now. We want to talk about the stories that you said were the most conversational, the better, the bestest, the most gooder stories in the news to really talk about. That isn't the main history and stuff that gets stuck all day long. And we make it very simple. As we said, we have social media channels on Facebook and Instagram. You can look for This is a Conversation on Twitter. Look for TH underscore conversation and follow our feeds and make sure that we are prime in your feed, that we are default so that we pop up in your feeds. As you check your Facebook and your Twitter and you see our stories pop up into the links, and they're not so much our stories, but links to other stories, the various sources that you may love, you may hate, or you may be skeptical of, but the various headlines pop through. We just ask that you interact with them, and that gives us a score. Like them, love them, hate them, share them with other people around the world if you love it or hate it. And the more engagement a story gets, the higher a score it gets in both of the Twitter and the Facebook. And on Friday mornings, we add up all the scores between the Friday to Friday-ish and give you a raw score, put them together in something that's a bit more tangible, you're ready to go through. And then we'll give you the stories that you said were the tops, that you said were the tops of the week. So top 10 stories, plus the bottom 10 stories, the bottom 5 stories, I should say. The stories at the very, very bottom that didn't get a lot of love. And what we're finding is, based on some new things and new interactions, it used to be just late posting stories that were at the bottom. Now it's some stories in between that just don't get enough attention for whatever reason. Sometimes it's being posted later in the day than we think they're going to. If you want to respond to anything we talk about, you can easily email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and all the links to all the stories that we talk about, including our cutoff story on the Disney Parks live streaming the Rise to Resistance dedication ceremony, will be at the website this is the conversation.com. Look for the post for this week's podcast. This for the week ending September, or I keep saying September, December the 7th, 2019. Definitely not September. Definitely getting closer and closer to Christmas. In a little bit, we will give you some shout outs to people who helped support us, including those who supported us financially with some of their cash. 
via the Patreon and just people who just gave us extra love inside of the free stuff, showing us support in Twitter and Facebook. And we will have a question of the week, a question that should stretch along the week just to kind of get your gauge on what's going on. And it's going to be Christmas themed because it's Christmas time and I think you'll enjoy it. So hopefully kicking this thing off will be a great way to engage with you guys out there. So without further ado, we'll stop engaging with myself and mono and go to stereo and get into the stories for this week story number 10 this story gets a bumper response from our cutoff of 17.22 percent that means 17.22 percent more people responded to this story making it worthy of the 10 spot than the story that's at number 11 and the headline goes like this apostrophe society shuts down because ignorance and laziness have won that part's a quote. We got that from The Standard in the UK, and it was posted on Sunday, the 1st of December. This is a story that lasted quite a bit of time. Quite a lot of people were apparently up in a uh, dander, uh, dander, or then lander, or lather, whatever it is. People were upset about the apostrophe society going down, or people were basically poking fun of them going down. Here's a little bit from The Evening Standard with some context, or maybe we're outraged based on how you want to see it. A society dedicated to preserving the correct use of the apostrophe has shut down because ignorance has won. Of course, that's a quote. Retired journalist John Richards, 96, started the Apostrophe Protection Society in 2001 to make sure that the, quote, much abused punctuation mark was being used correctly. But Mr. Richards has now announced, quote, with regret, I have to announce that after some 18 years, I've decided to close the Apostrophe Protection Society. There are two reasons for this. One is that I'm 96 and I'm cutting back on my commitments. And the second is that fewer organizations and individuals are now caring about the current use of the apostrophe uh, in the English language. He added, we and our many supporters worldwide have done our best, but the ignorance and laziness present in modern times have won. Mr. Richard started the society after seeing the, quote, same mistakes over and over again, unquote, and hoped he would find half a dozen people who felt the same way. I didn't find half a dozen people, he said on his website. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was a crazy ride, but, you know, they had a good run. The Apostrophe Preservation Society is now shut down, mostly because the guy that started it is really old and doesn't want to deal with it, and mostly because people aren't very smart and don't know how to use the apostrophe. So the point of it is pointless. Let's move on to the story. This is at number nine this week. This one is a serious one. We had a bunch of these things happen over the week, and it's hard to really get deeper into the psychology of this. So we're just going to read the headline, give you the stats, and then give you some lines from the story so you can kind of get the gist of what we have so far. Number nine is Pearl Harbor Shipyard on lockdown after shooting reported. The Huffington Post is our source for this one, but this, of course, big national quick-time news. Wednesday, the 4th of December, the date we posted it, a bumper response from the number 10 story, 4.74%. Some details from the story as we pulled it from Huffington Post. There were, of course, some, some updates, so it's going to be a bit different from what we know later on in the week. In fact, the updated headline on the actual posting reads like this. Sailor at Pearl Harbor shipyard fatally shoots two, injures one before killing himself. An active-duty Navy sailor fatally shot two civilians Wednesday and wounded another before killing himself at Pearl Harbor shipyard in Hawaii, according to military base. 
The shipyard went on lockdown Wednesday when security forces responded to reports of a shooting that occurred about 2.30 p.m. local time. Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickman tweeted about 5 p.m. that the shooter had been identified as a United States sailor. The sailor shot at three male Defense Department civilian workers before fatally shooting himself, Rear Admiral Robert Chadwick said at a news conference. Two of the three workers later died. A spokesperson for Queens Medical Center told HuffPost Thursday morning the third victim, a 36-year-old male, is now in stable condition. Chadwick said officials don't yet know whether the shooting was targeted or random. Uh, the base was put on lockdown for hours Wednesday afternoon after the shooting took place near the shipyard's dry dock 2. The base reported when the lockdown was lifted. Uh, you can go deeper into the story here and go deeper by looking online. Go to thisisaconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast, week ending December the 7th, 2019. The links to all the stories we'll talk about here are here. What well, we do know more about this because there was a, another story, another shooting, of course, later in the week. Uh, is the details about the person who did the actual shooting. What we know about him is that he was a sailor. We knew that. He had been, been essentially dealing with some depression and not happy with some things his commanders had essentially had going on. Not happy with his orders and just dealing with some issues. I don't have anything deeper in this thing here to tell you here, but this was a person who was troubled and was known to be troubled, but for some reason the what didn't work out didn't work out properly add to this the just time of the year where people get really really down around the holiday season for what seems like no reason but there's always some reason behind it uh add on to the fact the shooting that happened uh Today, as this gets recorded, technically on Friday, uh, which won't make the cut because it was after we had the cutoff, happened in Pensacola, and we ha- we're going to have a lot to talk about about people and dealing with stress and dealing with situations. So right now, as we tend to do fairly often on this podcast, bringing up again the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255, or go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org, or call any local agency that you have. If you're in a time of trouble and a need to have a talk with someone, trust me, take the time to talk is much better than any other option you can think of. If you just want to talk to me, email us or call us and we'll talk to you as well. Do not let your stress, do not let your struggle, do not let your strife go alone. Find someone to talk to. If you have no one to talk to, call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. Last four letters spell out the word talk. Doing this podcast allows me to keep an eye on stories that aren't really being stuck on the Chirons all day long, as I do watch the cable news stations all day. And it reminds me of a lot of things that are going on that just get glossed over. Another quick reminder that so many issues going on with kids in schools these days and shooting situations there. The number eight story for this week, Oshkosh, Wisconsin school shooting leaves student and officer injured. Tuesday, the 3rd of December, we posted that. This gets a bump response from the number 9 story of 24.89%. Our source for this one is NBC News. And as I said, this is one that got very little coverage because we were following a lot of Trump stuff, to be honest. That's kind of how things go. Here are some lines from the NBC News article. An armed 16-year-old Wisconsin high school student confronted a school resource officer Tuesday morning, leading to an officer-involved shooting. The incident happened around 9.12 a.m. at Oshkosh West High School in Webagon County, about 75 miles northwest of Milwaukee. Oshkosh Police Chief Dean Smith said in a news conference Tuesday afternoon that the teen stabbed the resource officer following a confrontation in an office. The officer opened fire, striking the student. The student and the officer were both injured and taken to a hospital 
Oshkosh Police Department said in a Facebook post. Smith said he did not believe the injuries were life-threatening. The school, which has about 1,700 students, was kept on lockdown, and parents were told they could pick up their children at a local middle school. Classes for all Oshkosh area schools will be canceled Wednesday, said Vicki Cartwright, the superintendent of schools. The incident has since been turned over to the State Department of Criminal Investigations. So we don't know anything more about this, and we probably won't know on a national scale because it's probably going to be, I don't want to say kind of swept under the rug, but taken care of locally and with all the things going on, there'll be, unfortunately, another shooting to catch our attentions, another bright, shiny object to jump in the way of this. Of course, as I said, right now, We've got a lot of details to rework through, to reevaluate on the story that we had at the number nine spot for the Pearl Harbor shipyard shooting. That's going to be attached to the ship, the shooting in Pensacola, because they were both dealing with military base issues. Uh, the, the people involved are, I hate to use the word radically different, but radically different in these cases. Uh, this is something that's going to be taken up and take up a lot of airtime next next couple of weeks on how these things happen, why these things happen as they do. We don't want to forget about how and why these things happen on school campuses as well. Next story is more of a funny story, but kind of a heart a heart tugger in itself. This is a redemption story, in a sense, for Eddie Murphy, who's coming back after a string of just really, really bad movies and bad, I'd say, life choices. But one of his life choices is coming back to be a really big punchline that people are getting into. The headline for number seven reads, Eddie Murphy. Ten children is okay. How men and women react differently. USA Today is our source for this one, but a lot of people picked up on this one uh, when he was on Ellen. We'll get to that in the story in a moment. Thursday, the 5th of December is the day this was posted. This gets a bumper response of 6.52% from the number eight story. Let's get to uh, USA Today's write-up on the appearance that happened on Ellen. Eddie Murphy is the proud father of ten children who range from the ages of 1 to 30. And he's also a grandpa. Yikes. Wow. Awesome. How did you react? The comedian was on Ellen's show Thursday and talked about the many responses he gets to having 10 children. Does it seem like a lot to you or does that seem okay? The generous asked. No, that seems okay. The 58-year-old actor responded. Men kind of look at me like, he's crazy. How much did that expletive cost? He said, And women, it's kind of like there's something sexy about it, I think. Eddie Murphy must be doing his thing, he joked. Inside the article is a very detailed breakdown of the children's and the children's mamas. So you want to get really deep into how Eddie Murphy ended up with 10 kids at the age of 58. It ain't that hard. Stop by our website, thisistheconversation.com. Click on the link for this week's podcast. The links for all the stories are there, but you can see the link from USA Today for Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy! and his 10 kids, and how, well, I guess we kind of figured out how we got there, but how we got there. Another story posted later in the countdown on Thursday the 5th with a bumper response from the number 7 story, Eddie Murphy's Children's, of 16.33%. And this story actually was much younger, or actually older, so it it got there with a whole lot extra time. This is a story that has a headline that people reacted to quickly and maybe a little funnier or is a little funnier than it ought to be. But this is one of those things that catches people's attention. Here's your headline. North Carolina woman dies after cigarette she was smoking causes her oxygen tank to explode. Yes, that happened. People Magazine's website gave us the story. I will give you what they gave us to talk about. 
A 61-year-old North Carolina woman died Tuesday morning when her lit cigarette ignited a nearby oxygen tank. Belinda Coble caused a small fire in her Nash County home when the oxygen tank, which, was using, which she was using for medical problems, exploded, WNCN reported. Authorities told the outlet Coble had been smoking a cigarette while oxygen was being administered, which ignited her tank. Coble's husband, who was sleeping in another room of the house, reportedly woke up when he heard the explosion and the smoke alarm went off. According to WNCN, he extinguished the small fire and called 911. Authorities said deputies, firefighters, and EMS workers arrived at Coble's Zebulon's home before 8 a.m., where they found her dead at the scene. The home suffered minimal damage, officials said. There are deeper issues in this story to go along with what's going on, including the fact that uh, she was working or she was dealing with uh, issues of COPD, something very serious, and smoking near an oxygen tank, also not the smartest thing to do. If you want to go deeper into the story, go to the website, thisistheconversation.com. Click on the link for this week's podcast, of course, week ending December the 7th, 2019, and you can dig deeper into the story from people. You can search for it online, and we can chat about this offline more or less, although it's still online, email me at the conversation inbox and we can talk about all the stories. The conversation inbox at gmail.com. We can talk about any story today or just the generalness of how the podcast and the project goes along. YouTube may be the master of it, but Spotify is getting down with letting you know what's going down in your streams and they're doing it bigly this time. Headline for number five. Most stream songs list released by Spotify today reveals decades' biggest songs and artists. CBS News is our source for this one. It was posted on Tuesday, the 3rd of December, a bump in response from the number six story of 1.75%. We'll quickly summarize this one because if you are a Spotify user, you figure this thing out so far. Spotify has streamed the biggest songs and artists of the decade. You can go to the link and see what Spotify believes is, based on what you listen to, the top artists of the year past couple years and the decade and what you've already noticed as a spotify user is they're letting you know what the most streamed songs and most streamed podcasts that you have of the same general time so yesterday i was surprised to have my data pop up and because the family shares my spotify on our streaming speaker thing bobber uh it was a lot of things that i don't actually listen to a lot of country music because my wife is into that and a lot of kids pop and a lot of oddly enough hugh jackman because the daughter is in love with the greatest showman so apparently that is what my spotify thinks i'm into uh even though that's not what i usually listen to but i'm overridden in a house when i live with a bunch of women essentially but you can find out what your most streamed songs of the decade or the past years are by going to your spotify and checking it out and check out the link here that we have at this for this week's podcast you can find out what spotify says are the biggest songs of the decade per y'all using the Spotify as they list down some that are there. Some would be very surprising, some not so much. Let's keep it going for the story at the number four spot this week. This story gets a bump of response of 5.46%. This happens to be the highest ranking Facebook story for this week. Uh, we we don't give much mention of the details of how things are posted out, but just as a reference to how things go, we tell you what stories are the highest ranking in Facebook and Twitter, so you know which one's got the big there. So the number one story is the biggest Twitter one, and you'll see that when we get to that one in just a bit. And even though we're starting to see a lot more uh, fluidity, a lot more balance in the Facebook to Twitter ratio these days, as I guess more people getting back into 
how things are working with the new system. This one at number four was the Leaps and Bounds top Facebook respondent on the way, and it wasn't enough to make it past four. Your headline is, Caitlyn Jenner says she hasn't talked to Khloe Kardashian in years. Sunday, the first of December's day, we posted this, so it also lasted quite a bit long time. Um, so I'm going to also recap this one real quick because this one gets a little little deep as well. Go to our website, thisistheconversation.com, and click a link for this week's podcast to see it. Um, USA Today is the source for it, and what it actually is is kind of a breakdown of a of a interview that she did. I did say she on an episode of the British TV series, I'm a Celebrity Get Out of Here, the, the British version of it. I guess they actually come up with it. Of course, he was a former Olympic gold medalist, and now he is a she. He was married into the Kardashian clan. Weirdly enough, they're naming the clan after the, the, the wife who was married to another dude, and now he is the she. He being the stepdaughter's stepfather, now mother-ish, of the older Kardashians, the more famous ones, that being, of course, Kim, Chloe, and, uh, and and so on. But uh, Caitlyn Jenner is saying that their relationship was est- estranged. Now, there's so many weirdness going on, and, and Jenner's actual kids still have a relationship, although that's a bit weird as well. But the breakdown or break up with his uh, stepdaughter, Chloe, has been the, the longest and maybe the hardest. You can go deeper into this interview by going to thisisconversation.com, clicking on the link for this week's podcast, which is, of course, the week ending December the 7th, 2019, and get deeper into this one if you like. This is one that a lot of people jumped on fairly quickly on the Sunday we popped up there on Facebook and a lot of conversation back and forth, which made it big enough for number four, but no higher than that. The continuing saga of the Starbucks Cup continues. And it got even weirder, even though this is the only story we decided to post this week on the actual product. And we posted very early. Sunday as well, the 1st of December. This gets a bumper response of 6.54% from the number four story. And the headline is, Police Chief says Starbucks should forgive barista in pig cup flap. So, the police chief's name is Johnny O'Mara. And he thinks that the barista... barista who wrote pig on the Starbucks cup got a bad rap being fired by Starbucks. He's an Oklahoma police chief. And he's saying that, um, you know, just let it go. It's the holiday season. It's time to just kind of let things chill and relax. So he's saying that they were a little hard on the, the customer on the, on the client, on the, um, the barista who wrote pig on a cup for one of his officers. However, comma, Later on, the barista had some words saying that she felt that it was wrong. And then it got really weird when the daughter of the police officer in question said, oh, yeah, my pop's a pig. He's a racist. He says all kinds of mean stuff. He pretty much deserved to be called out that way. So as I said, this story gets really weird, really odd. And all that isn't taken up in the story we have in the New York Post that we had on this police chief apologizing or wanting, uh, trying to apologize, trying to get things back to normal. But sometimes things just go off the rails. This is a story that really went off the rails in the past couple of weeks. In this season of holiday cheer, there's going to be a lot more holiday ugliness because it happens. Uh, It is what it is. Hopefully you'll find some cheer in this story and deeper in the story or at least somewhere in the podcast that we deliver to you. 
College football currently in its championship weekend, so within a couple of days, we'll know who's going to be playing for college championships. Last weekend was rivalry weekend, the fairly last weekend of the actual regular season, where the natural rivals, some of them in conference, some of them not, get played in the final games of the year for bragging rights, really weird trophies, and all sorts of other things. Uh, last weekend was a agony of the feet moment uh literally snatching victory from the jaws or from the feet from the jaws of victory always messed that one up uh when a very 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 bad decision in the egg bowl which is mississippi state versus old miss happened for a player that pretty much ruined the entire game for everyone except for the players on the other side here is your headline old miss elijah moore cost rebels by pretending to urinate like a dog what's that all about well, the story was posted Friday the 29th of of November, so wrapping up the week on that one. So that popped up on the Friday. Here is a little of the detail from USA Today for a story that, oh, by the way, a bumper response number three story of 28.64%. They will talk about this one for decades. With four seconds left in the 2019 Egg Bowl, Ole Miss had a chance to tie the score. But receiver Elijah Moore celebrated the team out of position. Redshirt freshman quarterback Matt Correll threw a touchdown to Moore from the two-yard line, making the score 21-20 in the final seconds. After catching the touchdown, Moore celebrated by mimicking the move of a dog urinating on a fire hydrant. The penalty triggered a 15-yard penalty and on the extra point, which kicker Luke Logan missed from 36 yards. Quote, I was just disappointed. That's not who we are. We've been a disciplined team all year. That's just disappointing. That coming from the coach of Old Miss, Matt Luke, about the celebration. According to coaches and teammates, Moore did not address his teammates after the game, which you would think was pretty the right thing to do. I think everybody was excited we scored a touchdown, Old Miss quarterback John Rees Plumley said. When you're excited and make a big play, I think you celebrate a little bit. They just didn't call it our way. That is the understatement of the year. So with that one, the wrong time to do the very wrong celebration cost the team a chance to win the game. More details on that story because it was a very, very hilarious, even if it was a sad, tragic act that you can see clips of by going to the website. This is the conversation dot com. Clicking this week's podcast link podcast week ending December the 7th, 2019 and relive Elijah Moore's very, very, very bad decision again now let's roll out the stats for the number one story for this week and this is a really big deal doing this one the way we've done our brand new uh, ranking system so we're excited about that and how well it works out for both getting this thing done and getting to you the information and the context that i think it really really needs this was the number one twitter story of the week by leaps and bounds the story gets a bump response from the number two story this week of 24.6 percent from the number 10 story this week that story being the apostle society saying it's done of 195 percent and for context the story at the very bottom this week number 201 the story is more responsive by get this 12,380 percent that's how much more responsive it is from the very, very, very bottom. We'll tell you what that story is in a bit. But right now, let's get to the story at number one. This one was something that was breaking news live action that caught a lot of people's attention and also got really weirder as it went along. Your headline, man shot by police after several people stabbed near London Bridge. Your original headline for that one. 
Uh, this is one of uh, the source we have for this one is NBC News. I'm going to also uh, just sort of wrap this one up because this story got much, much bigger uh, along the lines of what happened in the story. So it started off with the the oddity of a, another person putting on a terrorist attack while on London Bridge. And, 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 and what we saw after moments after it happened was many people just being there on the bridge, filming their day of their vacation, and then all of a sudden they see a man stab at some general people, general tourists. Uh, there are more information on the people stab. If you go to our link inside of this podcast, inside of a website for the podcast, to see more details on the people who actually lost their lives, and that's tragic on, on its own. The man was, of course, on just just on the lamb for a while until he was literally captured by regular bystanders. And that's where the story starts to get a little weird because just general people on the street decided to corner the guy. And you saw pictures of people who recorded this of just people chasing him down. A man with a fire extinguisher just kind of spraying him and a man with a Norwal tusk. Because they were on the bridge, it was just some old relic tusk that was just hanging on the bridge that he took off and used it to kind of jab at and put him in a certain direction and corner him. After a few minutes, the police actually showed up and were able to uh, uh, take over the scene. They saw that he was wearing what looked like a bomb vest, so it was either a fake bomb vest or a bomb vest that just did not just did, just failed to activate in that time. The police shot him in at the scene there. Uh, it ended in the legend of the Norwal Tusk has essentially grown as the days goes go went going by, goes by, are by. It, this was a story that is another one of those signs of the times. In a week where we had the shooting here in the States at a naval base, and then of course another shooting at a base that's we'll talk about next week because that story didn't come out until after we cut things off. Uh, we had a shooting or a, a incident at a school that happened to be in this podcast in the top ten, and this thing that was just amazingly odd in its sense, in its senselessness, and in the sense that it happened. This has been a rough week for news in general. There have been actual really big things of importance that are not as dangerous, not quite as deadly. And, of course, here in the States, we've had a whole lot of impeachment stuff, which, oddly enough, we didn't talk about at all this week because we were talking about things like this. This is a podcast, this is a movement, this is a project that talks about the conversational parts of news, and this is one story that shows proof that even though this thing was posted very early, this posted on Friday, one of the, the earlier stories on Friday here, because it happened Friday morning here in the States, it was Friday afternoon-ish evening in London when it happened, a story that, if it's important enough, gets enough response on the front end that it's going to carry all the way through. I'm not sure this is one of the if this is the longest story we've had in the actual countdown because we just right now we started counting the actual time of day that things have been posted, but we have it posted at um, eight thirty in the morning, and this I think it's like UMT time, so the time is kind of iffy, but eight thirty a.m. ish or oh eight thirty essentially. So this story was essentially one of the earliest stories posted in the actual countdown for the week, not counting midnight, of course. And it lasted all the way to the end of the week at the very top by leaps and bounds. This is an amazing story. The story itself is amazing. And if you want to talk about it more offline, make sure you email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. If you want to have more input in the stories that are out there, if you're not following us on our social media, then you are not getting the most input you can have. Follow us at This is the Conversation on Facebook and Twitter. 
and I'm sorry, Facebook and Instagram. Twitter, we are TH underscore conversation. Too many characters for this is conversation. And what you'll find is you'll have a feed just like anything else. Our page and our Twitter feed offer up news stories about every 50 minutes or so. We've taken some time off when we get stuck in things and it's been holiday season, so there'll be some gaps here and there. But essentially every 50 minutes or so all day long, even overnights, we have stories that are posted uh, from various places. And sometimes the placing of the stories affects the placing of it in the, the podcast because sometimes they, they get posted past their real shelf life. Sometimes they get posted too early before a story really picks up and then it comes it blows up later on. But basically, you just see a story and you interact with it. You like it, you love it, you hate it, you share it, you do your engagement with it. The higher the engagement it gets, the higher its score it gets into the countdown. And we'll tell you what stories are at the tops every single week here in the podcast and, of course, at our website. In just a moment, We'll tell you the stories at the very bottom. The bottom five, it goes all the way down to number 201. That's coming up in moments here on the weekly wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending December the 7th, 2019. The Conversation Project is powered by you, and you can power things very simply. You can be a direct Patreon responder. That means you just give us money via Patreon for monthly uh, donations, monthly subscriptions, however you want to call it. Be a patron to our art of This is a Conversation by going to patreon.com slash this is a conversation. You can buy me a quick cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Payne. Or you can just go when you visit our website, visit our sponsors. We, every link we have on the website doesn't cost you anything extra, and we get just a little bit of a kick every time you go to our sponsor. And we spotlight a sponsor every week, and we're going to keep the spotlight all season long on Cloud9 Living because it is the time for giving. And if you have someone who is very hard to give for, very hard to get a gift that will make them happy or make them just not stare at you funny, this one may make them look at you funny, but after they use it, they will be joyous, guaranteed. Cloud9 Living offers over 2,000 different amazing excursions, amazing adventures, amazing vacation ideas all over the nation and for a great price and with very great service. And you can just basically check them out, see what you like, and go do it just like that. You can go to their website and see what great excursions they have, or you can buy a gift certificate and save it for whenever you want to use it. And here's the thing about money for Cloud9 Living. It never expires. Of course, money never expires. Well, when you buy a gift card or you buy some sort of package, after some period of time, if you don't use it, they start to tick away dollars off it so they can amortize the money that's in there. The money doesn't belong to them until you spend it, so they have to spend it for you. They don't do that for their gift certificates. They don't do that for their excursions that you actually pay for. And if you decide you want to change your idea and go on a different type of package than you paid for, they will give you the full cash value of it for the next excursion. It's just like that. You never lose money when you change your mind with Cloud9 Living, and they don't mind that you change your mind. They are four-star rated all over the place, and the excursions, the vacation ideas are amazing. Do us a favor and go through our link at thisisaconversation.com slash cloud nine that's a numeral nine of course this is a conversation.com slash cloud nine and what we will do for you for helping us out is they'll give you a little extra kick off of your gift certificate you'll save a little money off the gift certificates you buy and then of course that money never goes away so check them out and help us out we are always proud of our sponsors 
But we are extremely proud to be partnered with Cloud9 Living for such a long time, for essentially the long length of the podcast. The whole four years, they've been a sponsor with us, and we're so glad that they partnered with us. They'll take good care of you, so check them out at thisistheconversation.com slash cloud9, and take your next vacay the right way with Cloud9 Living. We like to bring context to the stories that you cared the most about with some stories you didn't care so much about. And that is where we have the bottom five stories, number 197 through 201 this week. And these are stories that most cases, these things are stories that are posted on the Friday as we cut these things off. That is the case for one of the five stories that we have posted here. The rest of them lasted a lot longer than you would have thought. Let's start off a story at 197 for this week. This story is a headline. House Democrats to vote on Restoration of Voting Rights Act this month. Wednesday, the 4th of December, that was posted on, and the bumper response from the number one story was 2,128%. That's how less responsive it was from the story at the very top. And this is a story that um, probably has more interest than you might think uh, because it will definitely come down to how things run in the future for us here in the states. Now, there are various reasons that people can lose their voting rights here in the states. Once you're born, one of the amazing things about the United States and the Constitution is you are born into so many great rights and great abilities, uh, even though everyone didn't always get those get them at birth, uh, that you, it, there's no way you can't call us the best country in the world for whatever reason's going on because of the freedoms that we have, even if we don't quite play our freedoms the way we should sometimes. Now, one of the main reasons people lose their voting rights is for doing bad things, a felony, essentially. So if you get convicted of a felony, you lose your right to vote. You lose your right to be a part of the process to choose to choose who can run stuff. Because in theory, you're choosing, uh, you could choose the wrong people to get you out of jail. You could do that. So there are a lot of things, a lot of ways that voting rights are restored. And a lot of this thing is based on the state's version but the House, the House of the House of Republicans, the main body, the national body, is voting on the restoration of voting rights this month, and you can see how that went down by going to our website and looking into the link that's there. Story one ninety eight has a headline of Coyotes have expanded their range to forty nine states, and no show of stopping. It's come that's coming from National Geographic, by the way, and Friday the twenty ninth of. November, what's the date that was posted? So one of the longer stories that were on the list that did not get much love coming up, uh, 2,300, that's 2,300% less responsive than the number one story. You can kind of get the gist on that one. Coyotes are everywhere these days, and this is a epidemic. I won't quite call it a plague, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a problem that's happening for a lot of people, in essentially in the habitats that people dwell in, but also the fact that they come in and they kind of mess up with the habitat that the animals are in. And especially if you have small pets and they encroach in your land, it's a big deal. I have a friend who um, took a picture of a coyote that um, popped into his backyard one day. and just, He just moved into the house with a month or so ago and was you know, showing people pictures of this wolf that was just roaming his, his, his neighborhood. And people are like, no, that's not a wolf. It's a coyote. It's a problem. You tell, tell Game and Fish. Like, no, it's a wolf. It's a, definitely a wolf. Where, you know, it, was, it was a thing. The number 199 story for this week, Maintown fed up with soiled diapers left along roadside. 
Yeah, AP News picked this up on Sunday, the 1st of December. So this one was a long time coming to be at the very bottom. Obviously, you didn't like the stents of this one. Bumper response for this one is down to 6,416, 6, 6,416% less people enjoyed this one than the other one. You can get your, your gist from that one as well. Uh, I'm going to read you this one because it's very quick, very simple, and pretty much makes sense. This is coming out of North Yarmouth, Maine which I'm not sure where exactly it is, but a main town has had enough of the soiled diapers. The town of North Yarmouth is asking for the public's health in tracking down the person who's discarding bags of soiled adult diapers alongside its local roads. Officials used social media Tuesday to raise awareness of the diaper bandit. That's what they're calling it. Town officials said the public works crews are cleaning up such messes two or three times a week. Residents are urged to contact the Cumberland County Sheriff's Department with any tips about the perpetrator, Littering carries a fine between $100 and $500 for first offenses. Second offenses carries fines of up to $1,000. So if you know the, the identity or the whereabouts of the source of the diaper bandits up there in Maine, let the local authorities know. Because not only is it just rude, it's really, really, really nasty. The story at 200 this week was posted on Friday. The 29th of November, so it was a long time coming. 7,240% of this response, that's how lowered the response was from number one story. And the headline for that one is Twitter bans GOP rival of Representative Elon Omar, who called for her lynching. This is a story that also got a little weirder, a little wilder as things went on. Twitter banned the person who called for the lynching of an actual a representative of the United States because politics. Um, her name is Daniela Stella. She is down with Donald Trump, obviously, and she is actually running for uh, Omar spot uh, back home in Michigan. So what's happening is in the ads and in her Twitter feeds, she's saying that um, she's unpatriotic, that she's a she's gets confusing. Uh, that being Stellar is saying that Omar is unpatriotic. She's bad for the country. Uh, she should be lynched for treason because that's what they did back in the day for people who were treasonous. They lynched them. Twitter, because they have issues with who to ban, who not to ban, decided this was the one to ban. Because there's all sorts of implications that goes along with this, including racial things, because it's lynching, racial things because she's Muslim, racial because she is of a colored nature, racial, well, I guess sexist because she is a woman, and all sorts of weirdness going on. Of course, the other candidate has apologized for being so harsh. We'll see how things goes on. You can click out deeper into this whole shebang which is really, really rude, to be honest, by going to the website and clicking the link for this week's podcast and reading more into that story as it is. And the story at the very bottom for this week, story 201, new YouTube policy eases up on video games violence. This story came to us from IGN, and this is a weird one, as YouTube is dealing with some issues on a lot of things YouTube-ish, according, especially with uh, the, the content going to kids, they're actually easing up on some of the things that are calling violence. Let me read a little bit from IGN so you get some context on this one. YouTube announced that it has updated its policies regarding scripted or simulated violence for video games. Going forward, videos that include violent scenes from video games are less likely to be age-restricted on YouTube, though there are still some caveats. 
In a news report blog post on Google, the company announced that starting on December 2nd, scripted and simulated violent content found on video games will be treated the same as other type of scripted content. What that means specifically for YouTubers who create video game content on the platform is that the future game videos that include scripted or simulated violence, and that's in quotes every single time, have a better chance of being approved instead of received as an age restriction. Age-restricted videos are often age-gated, making them harder to watch. And this is a big big deal. This is a really big deal. If you are a YouTube person and produce anything on YouTube, even just on a casual level, you will notice that there are new guidelines in the way you upload things. In every single video, you're asked whether this is made for children. You have to be asked whether this is really made for kids under 13, and you have to say yes or no, and, in, and there's also other restrictive things to add into the 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 licensing as you put things in there. This is to keep less of the really graphic, really bad, really uh, iffy content out of the eyeballs of the children, which I do appreciate as a child, as I have a child who basically watches nothing but really awful skits on YouTube and people playing Roblox and making funny names and just saying really silly things. So I appreciate the fact you're stepping up on this. I also appreciate the fact that they're understanding that a lot of things that are in video games, a lot of things that are there, while graphic and crazy, aren't quite as bad as they really are. And in in the defense of trying to over be protective, be overprotective, they use up cut out things that don't really need to be as protected as they need to be. So this is a kind of a hand clap to IGN, a not not and not a golf clap or a sort of side eye clap. This is a real clap to to um, I'm sorry to YouTube for stepping up its game and trying to be better for its users, better for its people out there, and just kind of make sure that things actually make sense in what they're doing. And hopefully things making sense with what's going on here. In just a minute, we'll probably make a little less sense, and we will tell you about the people who somehow think this thing is good enough to throw money at. Hopefully you'll join that crew, but we'll talk to you about our Patreon subscribers. Thank them very much. And some folks that gave us extra love on Facebook and Twitter this week here on the weekly wrap-up show with Jay Cliven Payne. This is for the week ending December the 7th, 2019. Shane Plays is a multimedia uh, extravaganza and enigma. It's an actual radio show heard in Little Rock on 101.1 The Answer. It's also heard on the streaming service as well. It is a podcast. It is streaming live, uh, or I guess always live, on Krypton Radio a few days after it's recorded. It is put all over the place on YouTube as well. Shane Plays is a multimedia extravaganza and an enigma. It's about a man named Shane who plays various games, video games, role-playing games. He's in the comic books. Any type of geekdom or pop culture thing, he is all over it. And he spends an hour on the radio every single week talking to some people you've probably never thought you've really needed to know, but some people who are really in the know. He's talked to comic book writers and artists, he's talked to actual authors of real-time books that talk about pop culture and comic books and sci-fi as well. He's talked to real old-school tabletop game makers, people making tabletop games these days. He's talked to video game makers. He has all the beads on games 
and fun stuff and, of course, pop culture as well. He has a news segment that goes over some of the crazy news of the week. And his producer, Zach, well, you got to give extra props to Zach for keeping up with Shane as Shane plays goes along. He, as we say, every week he's broadcasts this live as a radio show and it gets replayed all over the place. The best place to find him, of course, at his website, shameplays.com. Shameplays.com. All the links to all the things you need to know including maybe a few things you don't need to know, and his bad jokes. Yes, there's a bad joke every week, and you can keep up with those at Shane Plays. We put a spotlight on podcasters doing their podcast thing, and this week we put a spotlight on a guy that I like a lot. His name is Shane. He plays games. That why, that why. That's why his podcast is called Shane Plays, and it is our Spotlight Podcast for the week. We are introducing this week a question of the week. We'll see how long it lasts. You will tell me through your feedback whether you like it or love it or hate it. I guess you can't. I guess you can share it. I guess the question this week, as we are rounding into Christmas, this is the first full week of Christmas, the so first full week of December. If you have your advent calendar on the seventh, take my, take that away from twenty five, which makes it, I believe, eighteen days till Christmas. I got out of engineering and into radio because I didn't want to do math. Uh, we're getting closer to the season, and so for, since Thanksgiving, in some cases since Halloween, you've been hearing Christmas music all over the place. Here's the question for this week. If you're faced with the decision of listening to one Christmas song forever, ever, ever, what song would it be? What song could you listen to on repeat over and over again that would not drive you nuts, or at least from this perspective, would not drive you crazy. For me, it's going to be Hall & Oates' Jingle Bell Rock. That's where I go with that one. But for you, it could be any Christmas song that you want to. And it's one that you want to hear, not one that you want to go away because it'll drive you crazy. What's the best Christmas song ever that you could listen to over and over again without any sort of stopping? Not the correct way to really put that question, but you can find the link to that question at our website, thisistheconversation.com. We'll have the link inside the post for this week's podcast. That, of course, this week ending December the 7th, 2019. We've reached the end of the show, so that means we start off by sharing the love we receive of the week. And this is the first week of the month of December, and there's a lot of love to give. So we're going to start off by sharing the love that I am receiving and the crew that makes this thing happen from Patreon. Now, Patreon is a website that allows people to share love, if you will, but become subscribers to the arts. So if you know an artist, know someone who does a podcast or maybe some sort of actual art, because this is art is debatable, uh, find out they have something like a Patreon page or some other support group and support them so they can keep things going. Podcasts are hard to do and take up a lot more time, energy, and cash than you would expect. Uh, So if you know someone who has a great show that may be seeming like they're a little floundering, Help them out by putting a little support into them, into their their tip jar, and they can help things keep going. This week, uh, this month, should say, we're giving love again to the world's most dangerous canine, Rudy, whose owner, Chuck, having a birthday real soon. Thank you so much, Chuck, for allowing Rudy into your credit card account to um, give us a little bit every single month going on. Also, my friend Rebecca Davis, if you are a radio person, she is a growing and uh, just just growing my leaps and bounds in the world of radio news. And she also has her own little, I guess, podcasters thing and news uh, show that's called Leftover News, a lot like this one where they go over the news that they don't really spend a lot of time on throughout the week uh, on her radio station and just kind of go deeper into it with her and her husband. Check out Leftover News as well on Facebook. And 
Eva Ursano, who is a great writer and a great person, an amazing lady uh, who um, I have supported for many, many artsy things she's done. I'm so happy that she believes in me to give a little support back. Thank you so much to you three folks for giving us love on Patreon. If you want to become a Patreon sponsor and help me out with what's going on in this podcast, sometimes you've got to replace the bubble gum and duct tape. Go to patreon.com slash this is the conversation or oddly enough, this is the conversation.com slash Patreon. Funny how that works. You can also send us a quick response by going to buymeacoffee.com slash J Cleveland Payne. Now, every single week we talk about the Twitter and Facebook lovers, people who show us extra response. And for Facebook, it's more of, I call it, usual suspects. It's basically people who have liked the page, who have, who have invited in or like, likely some sort of friend relationship on my end are the people that I see on Facebook often. So it's really rereading names of friends often. So some of those friends and some of those people I kind of know on, on Facebook, because it's kind of like that, include Peter Thiel, Ruth Ann Miller, Big O, Sean on the way as well. Also some love from Deborah Lee Scott and Latoya Charisse. So thank you so much, guys, for showing us a little extra love there on Facebook and being engaged what's going on, the stories there. On Instagram, I'm sorry, on Twitter, uh, because people have the weird names, it's not quite as engaging. But thanks going out to Megan K this week. Also, Elon Musk News. Of course, we talked about the big freaky truck. Uh, Deplorable, that's Laura, needs a kidney. Uh, Karen Hemdahl, Daniel French, uh, the, for the Fishbonia sound design, uh, Realtor Mailer, which I guess is Mailer for Realtor stuff, and Think Prey Bot also popped in again this week. Thank you so much for all you guys and maybe some of you bots for jumping in and letting us know that you loved what we have going on here. And that's it. We're done. Time to wrap things up here for the podcast for the week. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and being a part of the conversation all week long. And that's as simple as stopping by our website, thisistheconversation.com, and, of course, being a part of us in our feeds on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Look for This Is The Conversation, and make sure we are set as the default so you see us in your feed. We're not hidden by all those other spammers out there. Not that we're spammers. And on Twitter, TH underscore conversation. Sometimes look out for us and see what's going on. And as you see our stories pop up in your feed about every 50 minutes or so, like them, love them, hate them, share them, respond to them, engage with them. The higher the engagement, the higher the score they get. And Friday mornings, we put them into a spreadsheet and weight them out for an actual weighted score and let you know which stories from top to bottom, literally, that you enjoyed or did not quite get into for this week. You can help us out by, of course, being a member of the Patreon squad. That's patreon.com slash disconversation. Buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash jclevenpain or just visiting our sponsors at the website or throughout the links throughout the week. Our spotlight sponsor this week, of course, is Cloud9 Living because it's the time to buy gifts. A gift certificate from Cloud9 Living will be the most awesomest, bestest, goodest gift you can think of. Go to thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9 and we'll get a bit of credit for that gift. The culmination of the work for The Conversation Project is this podcast, which comes out every single week. So to make sure that you see what comes out in the work, you yourself need to subscribe to the podcast. We are pretty much anywhere your pods are cast, but links to all the main places we can think of is at our website, thisistheconversation.com. If there's some place that you like us to be that you can't find us at, let us know. We'll see if we can find the link for it and add it to that list as well. And, of course, 
we need you to, to do a little extra work. Not only do you have to do the work of picking the stories, but we need help spreading the actual word for the podcast. So we need you to tell some friends, tell a few enemies, and find some random strangers and get them in on as well. In fact, we ask you to just grab random phones from people that you don't know and subscribe to the podcast. In fact, put the podcatcher that you enjoy because they they they'll love it. They'll they'll know that you just a strange kind person love them so much and love humanity that you want to spread the joy of your favorite podcatcher and one of your favorite podcasts. We thank you for all that. Uh, we always do. This is the part where I say thank you through times, say something that's hopefully heartfelt, and say thank you through more times. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This is a labor of love. It is a labor of work and is a labor that I love to do the work for because I love each one of you guys. Every person that I get a chance to conversate with either via email or inside of the social media just talking about this project is a blessing and every day I get a chance to do this is a blessing itself every day is a blessing on top of that so because of some of the big stories we had this week we have to once again go deep into the love category and remind you about a couple things especially the suicide prevention hot lifeline and it is a phone number man 24 7 that if you are in need of a conversation because you're in crisis, give them a call. 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-TALK. Also visit them at suicidepreventionlifeline.org or call any local number that you have for your county that may be there for you. Uh, If you're in a time of crisis, the alternative that you may be thinking about is not a very good alternative. Think about all the people who need you here. And, and if you want to even go that further, I need you here. So you want to reach out to me, we'll work it out that way. In the meantime, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be back next week as we get deeper into the Christmas tradition of you know Christmas songs and asking you questions. That's not really Christmas tradition, but don't forget our question of the week is... What Christmas song can you survive with if we're stuck on repeat forever? Answer that question at the website, thisisaconversation.com. We'll see you next week for more great conversational stories, the ones that you said are great conversational, not something that some news producer said, uh, here on the Weekly Wrap-Up Show with me, Jay Cooper Payne, brought to you by thisisconversation.com and The Conversation Project. <laughs>